I need everything. I need everything. Frank, don't play it. Yes. Hold me. What's the problem? Uh, oh, I just saw this man in my house. He's inside your house. Oh my God! He beat my wife. Is he in there right now? Yes. Does he have a gun? Her brains are everywhere. Where's the man at? He's laying on the floor. Is he dead? I don't know. He's making weird sounds. Sir, uh, 20, sir. 20, oh, sir, 20, slow down. Five. I can't understand you. Slow down. Is the man still in your house? Yes, he's laying there on the floor with a bullet in his head. Did you shoot him? Yes, I shot him. He was killing my wife. Please, uh, my baby's crying. My baby's crying. I gotta go. I'll call you right back. August 29th, 1995, Mark Winger of Springfield, Illinois, made a frantic 911 call. He reported that his wife Donna had been attacked by an intruder, whom Mark had then shot in the head. Donna would die at the hospital, and investigators would find her attacker had a disturbing history. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. Now, let's talk about the brutal death of Donna Winger. Okay, so, not one to judge, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be perfectly honest. And, and I know there is no right way to respond in a crisis. We've said this many times, but that call seemed a little contrived. Um, I can see how you would argue that, um, though... I- I mean, if you see your wife, uh, you know, being beaten to death by someone, you know, how are you going to react? What are you going to act like? You know? I, I, look, it, it's a good question. But one, he never asked the 911 operator what he could do to help his wife. And he seemed like he wanted to get off the phone. Oh, I'll, I'll give you that. Let's um, let's talk a bit about the whole story, about the whole case, okay. uh, and we'll we'll come back to the call okay. a little bit. I, I could be wrong, right? Oh yeah, well, let's just let's just talk about it because there there are a lot of of, of crazy facts in this one, right? All right. Um, but this is not just a story about uh, about Donna. You know, this also has to do with with her daughter Bailey, mm-hmm. her husband Mark, and um, her assailant a driver named Roger Harrington. So. Mark and Donna, you know, by all accounts of of everyone around them, their friends, their family, had a, a great marriage. They were very loving. Um, Mark had a really good job. He worked as a nuclear engineer. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it, I don't know. It was strange to me to think about someone working as a nuclear engineer in Springfield. Yeah, Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, Homer Simpson. Yeah. but uh, but I, yeah, I was able to move past that, I guess. Uh, now, Donna, she was uh, an operating room technician. Okay. And um, 
and they had been trying for years to have a baby and they just, they weren't able to, they, they were having issues with it. Uh, so finally they were able to adopt a baby girl they okay. named her Bailey and they were, Which you know, would be the daughter in the yeah. number one call. He was yeah, talking that, about. That's her. Um, now Bailey's just a, a tiny baby. Um, and how this story really starts as far as uh, Roger Harrington's involvement is that Donna took a trip to Florida to visit with her family and to take Bailey to meet her family. Okay. So Donna, when she comes back, she flies uh, into um, St. Louis, I believe it was. Now, that's a, a pretty long drive from St. Louis back to Springfield. So um, Donna actually uh, gets a ride through a shuttle service. And I'm not sure if this was a, a van or just like a, a, a kind of a large car, or what exactly the service was. But Roger Harrington was her driver. Um, I assume it's one of those white airport shuttles. Isn't it? Well, it, it could be, but there are different shuttle services that hey, drive from, you know, from, from yeah. one place to another. Um, but at any rate, uh, she's, she's coming back in one of those. And it's just her and baby Bailey and Roger in the vehicle. Roger's the driver. Um, and Donna has said that, um, that Roger said some very disturbing things to her and made her feel very uncomfortable. Um, he talked about, um, this is, this is going to get weird, but he, he talked about how he had this voice inside his head that, uh, told him to kill people. Oh, he talked about some crazy sex parties he would have, and he actually invited Donna to one of them. So he was a... Outright crazy person, a crazy person, and Donna said he was also driving pretty crazy as well. He was, he was, he was being erratic, going over the speed limit. And when you're talking about the voices in your head, yeah. I mean, what's going to surprise you after that? Well, exactly. Uh, now, to be completely honest, I mean, I'd probably want him to go somewhat fast to get me on home, right? Yeah, but then again, like you've got your 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 baby in the car with you, feeling unsafe. This is a terrible experience for Donna. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um. Did he make any like sexually suggestive comments? Well, other than just you know inviting her to the sex parties. Oh, uh, I thought you just mentioned that he said he went to sex. No, parties. no, he invited her to, to come to one of his sex oh. parties. So yeah, that, there was some. I don't know how explicit he got, but he definitely made the Thanks offer. Thanks for the offer, right? Uh, um, so that's how this gets started. It's nice right. to be thought about. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when Donna gets back home, you know she she called her mom immediately, told her all about this. Uh, and she told Mark about it. Um, now, Mark suggested that, uh, you know, they should make a complaint. Uh, they want to complain to the the shuttle company, BART Transportation. Yeah, that seems reasonable. And, uh, yeah, so he has Donna go ahead and just, like, write down everything that, that Harrington said to her. So they'd have it, you know, a police report, something like that. Got it all on hand. Did she do that? Yeah. Yeah. That we have all this written down. It very well documented uh, her interaction with Particularly Harrington. for harassment cases. That's, that's a good yeah. thing to do. Yeah, and not, not to mention, like I said, she called her mother, spoke with her about it. Um, we, we've got a lot of documentation of this happening. So as uh, as time goes on, you know, in the, the week after this, uh, they've reported this to the, the shuttle company, and Harrington uh, ends up getting suspended from his job, which, you know, is justifiably. Justifiably, yeah, he should have been. And um, however, he keeps calling Donna and harassing her. He had her personal number? Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking it was probably, uh, you know, on record with the, with the company or something, the shuttle company. That's some stalker shit right there. Yeah. So he's, he's calling her at home. Um, 
and uh, not necessarily making threats, but he's calling. He is harassing her. Um, he's calling partially about you know wanting his job back, and then because he he he's blames them for reporting him, but also you know he just he seems to be a bit obsessed with Donna. He blames them for telling perfect strangers that he goes to sex parties and has voices in his head. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying what we've got going on. Okay, now, I'm not saying the man's not a crazy person. Now, um, like I said, it's a week later. After the trip. And this is when we have Mark's 911 call. Okay. Uh, it's August 29th, 1995. Uh-huh. Mark makes the call we just heard. Um, Mark says that he had been down in the basement on a treadmill and he heard something upstairs for like a thud or whatnot. He comes upstairs and immediately he sees his baby Bailey lying on the bed by herself, which is it's strange to him. Right. Because yeah. Donna wouldn't leave the baby just laying there. So he goes on to try to see what the thump was. And in the kitchen, he sees um, this man standing over Donna with a hammer, just like beating her in the head with a hammer. So uh, Mark grabs his gun from the bedroom. And now he I'm a little unclear on if he grabbed the gun when he first came upstairs and saw Bailey in the bedroom by herself or if or he, he went, went back, back to get the gun. Okay. I, I'm a bit unclear on that. I, depending on the article, it, it there are different details. Right. That's usually the case. Yeah. But um but Mark says he um he goes to protect Donna, he shoots this man in the head and he falls backwards. So I'm assuming this intruder was the shuttle driver. Uh yes, but but Mark didn't know that at the time. Okay. Right. Mark had never seen him. Yeah, Mark had never seen him. It was just uh this was just, you know, he didn't know who who this was, right? And uh Mark makes the 911 call. Now, um police get on the scene pretty quickly and actually we have detectives on the scene very early in this one. We have uh Detective Charlie Cox and Detective Doug Williamson. Okay. Um they both get there um Donna and Roger are both still alive at the time. Now, Roger uh would die in the ambulance, even I mean, he'd been shot in the head. No, really didn't think there was any hope for him. They didn't think there was any for Donna either, uh, and she ended up dying at the hospital later okay. on. Uh, now, I'm assuming she wasn't conscious at all. I, I, I hope not. I really hope not. Now, uh, obviously, even if she was conscious, she couldn't speak. You said she'd been bludgeoned, brutally yeah, in the head right? with a hammer. I mean, there was, uh, from what I understand about the scene, there was like brain matter, you know, oh. on the ground. There, it was, it was terrible. Um, but, you know, when um, Detective Cox uh, goes to ID the assailant, um, he takes the man's wallet and looks in it and says, his name's uh, Roger Harrington. Do you know this guy? And, um, you know, that's when, you know, Mark's like, yes, we know who this is. Uh, like, police actually have actually quoted Winger saying, oh, my God, this guy's been harassing us all week. Um, and they had a record of that, right? They they did. Well, I mean, they have the they have you know she called her mom about oh, it. No, I'm saying, did, did the police have a record? No, they, they had not reported it to police okay. yet, but they had just reported it to the transportation company. Well, they could probably get the information yeah, from them. Anyway. Exactly. Uh, but like I so said, they had all written down uh, everything. Now, Detective Cox actually um, knew Harrington. Um, really? Yeah he he had had some dealings with him in the past. Um, I'm assuming those weren't. Uh, plot dinner conversation? No, actually, um, again, uh, this is something that is different depending on the article you read. But the best I understand it, um, Cox, uh, his wife either owned or ran um, this trailer park where Harrington lived with some roommates. 
Uh, and so she was sort of his landlady. Okay. Right. Okay. And uh, there were a lot of complaints about, you know, domestic issues, domestic disputes, not necessarily violence, but definitely arguments that could have turned violent. Yeah. Um, now, now, some reports again say that Cox was like responding to some of these calls. So it's, it's really weird depending on the article you read. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm just trying to confirm this, but the best I can tell, uh, Cox's wife was the landlady in this situation. Gotcha. All right. Now, uh, moving forward. So you know, Cox knows this guy's troubled. He's got some issues. Uh, the pieces start to you know come together, right? Yeah. It's looking pretty cut and dry. Yeah, it doesn't look overly complicated. No, no, it doesn't. And um, stalker the, the, escalates to murder. Exactly. And uh, the the case is actually closed pretty quickly. Uh, and Harrington actually had had spent time in a mental facility as well. I, I don't want to hold that against anyone, obviously, but it it, it adds into honest, his. It's not surprising. Yeah, I mean, we know so far with everything we know, it just sort of adds in, makes the makes it even worse. Yeah. You know, the, the picture even worse. Um, now Cox. Detective Cox, who had the lead on this, he felt very strongly that open, open to shut, Harrington came in and murdered her. Um, his partner, Detective Williamson, um, had some reservations about it. He felt like some things about the case didn't quite add up. I guess there's a certain level of bias since the lead detective knew him. Yeah, I think so. Um, but also, I mean... I, I hate to put that on him because there's so much overwhelming evidence in this particular situation. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. not in any way saying um, he was wrong. I don't know. Yeah, but there were just a few things that didn't seem to add up. Um, for one, uh, there was no sign of forced entry, okay. right? Um, and now Donna had been particularly paranoid ever since you know this incident with Harrington. Was Mark saying the door was just unlocked? Well, Mark's really not saying he he didn't know if the door was locked or not, but it seems like the door should have been locked because she was so paranoid. Right. So either he would have had to force his way in, or she would have had to let him in. I mean, it would certainly make sense that she would have been paranoid. Yeah, and I don't think she would have just let him in either, right? Oh God. Uh, And also, you know, there was there was a few strange things like um, uh, Roger had brought in his cigarettes and his coffee cup, and they were sitting on the kitchen table. Wait, wait. He brought in his cigarettes and a coffee cup to murder someone? Yeah. That sounds more like a visit. It does, doesn't it? And I guess you could think that he came to, like, maybe he wanted to come speak to them, um, and then it escalated. But it's just really strange that he would, you know, if if you're feeling this way, you're going to carry in your coffee and your cigarettes, right? I'm starting Um, to suspect there might be a little more to this. And and maybe there is. Um, Also, the hammer that she was murdered with... Mm -hmm. um, that came from the winger's home. Really? Mm-hmm. So he didn't even bother to bring his own murder weapon? No, no. Uh, and see, he actually had a knife and a crowbar in his car that he could have used. And he just left a chance that he would happen to find a murder weapon between mm-hmm. there and the door? But there was a hammer sitting on the kitchen table. Now, Mark Winger... Convenient. S- well, it is. But Mark Winger said that um, they had recently purchased a new shelf or rack of some sort. Mm-hmm. And Donna was trying to remind him to hang it up. So she left the hammer out on the table. I mean, it's plausible, but yeah. it's hard to get past the cigarettes, the coffee cup, and then leaving the murder weapons or possible murder weapons in your car. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, and, and there's one thing, and this is what I really got, got hung up on, uh, uh, was they also found in his car, now his car, which was parked in plain sight mm-hmm. uh, outside, he didn't try to hide it or anything. Uh, they found a note in his car with the winger's address on it, but also uh, a time. It said 4.30 on it, 4.30. Hmm. So well, it's, it's like he had an appointment. Yeah, without the time, I would think 
He yeah, probably maybe. just got it off of Google or something. Or when was this? Oh, this was in 95. So probably he probably didn't get off Google. Google. He probably got it from his records or something right. at work. But with the the time on it? Yeah, it's it's really strange. Uh, right time. It's like he had an appointment to come by and see them. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there any evidence that he did have an appointment to come by and see them? Well, now we do have uh, one of um, Harriman's roommates mm-hmm. uh, that said... He had received a call from someone earlier that day that said to come out and see him, and she thought that that was Mark Winger. He knew the, he was going to supposed to see him about you know uh, sorting it all out and getting maybe getting his job back. Well, stuff did like the that. police check the call records? Uh, you know, no, I don't know about the call records. Uh, again, this is nineteen ninety five, so call records on landlines. I'm not sure how. Surely, even then, they'd be able to tell. I mean, if a call was received from the Winger residence, right? I, I would think so. I'm not positive, though. And again, when you're looking at, I, I, I realize we're, we're currently looking at just everything that doesn't add up, right? But when you look at this big picture and you know this guy's been stalking her, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably not going to look into it. You know, you're probably just not. You're probably just going to just move on past it. No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I agree that that's a reasonable response. Yeah. I just don't know if it's the best one. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying that the, the police work was great on this case. It obviously wasn't um, because we have some things that they skipped over here. I mean, though, to be fair, I'm guessing most cases when they seem open and shut, it's because they are. No, I would think so, right? And and um, and this one, I think, I think it's fair that Detective Cox felt that way. Yes, yeah. I'm not going to say that it was. Right, but I think it was at least fair. I don't think this is one of those where, um, you know, a cop just gets hung up on thinking you know, what one suspect and they. Right. they there was you know, a lot of circumstantial evidence pointing to yeah. the. What was the driver's name? Uh, Roger Harrington. Roger Harrington. Yeah. Um, now that I said Williamson, though he he did he looked into these discrepancies and and he didn't think this was all in the up and up right. Uh, so. Mark goes on and is living his life. He's raising Bailey by himself. Uh, he ends up getting a, a nanny mm-hmm. uh, to, to take care of her. And the nanny's name is Rebecca. And she sort of falls in love with Bailey, right? I saw this interview with Rebecca later on saying that, you know, Bailey, this child in three months' time has lost two mothers, you know? And she just, like, said, and this girl still, you know, cheery, happy. She she really felt for the kid, right? She, she fell in love with Bailey. And... um not long after that, it comes this bombshell to to Donna's family that Rebecca's pregnant and it's Mark's. Oh. Um, and they end up getting married. That's fun. Yeah. So, and you know, how many, I'm not sure if we've discussed one, but, you know, looking into all the true crime cases we look at, how many times do you see like the man loses his wife and then he marries the nanny? It just does seem to be kind of a trope. It happens right? a lot. Like a I real don't life know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why, I'm not saying that it's necessarily a correlation to like something bad happening, but it's it's really weird how that happens. So no, often. I, I guess in a lot of ways it makes kind of it makes sense. I mean, you've just lost someone you care about or supposed to care about, yeah. And maybe you're lonely, and then there's another woman in the house suddenly. Yeah, I mean, and it's, uh, it's not rocket science why it would happen. And if Rebecca is to be believed, like she really fell for Bailey. Right? Though to be fair, I think in a lot of these cases the the husband's the one who did it, so. Uh, that that does happen a lot. So it's, I think uh, grief might be off the table there. Yeah, but there are definitely cases where that didn't happen, and, and the same thing happens now. Uh, but Mark ends up getting uh, twenty five thousand dollars from the uh, Crime Victims Compensation Act. And what was that exactly? No, uh, it, it's it's just a um, 
a bill that, you know, when someone's family is a victim of a crime, it provides some kind of financial compensation because he can get a lot of trouble that happens right, with it, right? right. Uh, he gets another 150000 from life insurance. He ended up getting a promotion at work. And I'm not saying he got the promotion because he went through this tragedy, but like like this guy, I mean, he came out as a hero, right? Because he he killed his wife's murderer. Right, right. Um, you know, the community's looking at him. They feel bad for him because he lost his wife. He's raising this child on his own. It seems like he may be getting a promotion because of that. I can't say that that was it. I mean, it probably had something to do with it. Right. Um, and he, he goes on, and he's got all this going on, but he ends up filing a lawsuit against uh, BART Transportation. Uh, that, you know, that's the company that Harrington worked for, the shuttle company, right? Okay. And uh, he, he claimed in his lawsuit that they were negligent in hiring this uh, dangerous individual. Now, obviously... Bart's lawyers, you know, they're not just going to let him pay out on this, right? They've got to look into it. Yeah, the lawyers have to determine, were we at fault? Were we negligent? Right. You know, they, they want to investigate well, this guy. No, no, let's, let's be clear. They're not trying to figure out if if, <laughs> if if they did something wrong. They're trying to figure right. out if they are legally liable. Exactly, exactly. Right? I, I, let's be perfectly clear about that. Yeah, and let's be clear about this. Uh, regardless of what happened, this guy was dangerous and should not have been driving people around in a car. I mean, I think we can all um, agree there. I, I would agree with that. Uh, but but they, they do want to but determine their But that doesn't necessarily mean that they should have known that. Right. They need to determine their liability on this. Um, so they start investigating it, and they find all these discrepancies that the police have found. Right? So this lawsuit is getting, getting drug out. It's not, it's not something that's settled right and then something that the lawyers are actively looking into um and it's so this is still sort of getting investigated not by the police was he under the impression that they would just roll over and pay out i think so because it was a tragedy i think so yeah um but but they didn't and they're obviously they started their lawyers started investigating this right, right, right. but in 1999 uh something happens that changes everything with this case okay all right now um as I said, Mark's got a pretty good life going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got this promotion at work. Uh, they end up getting a new house. He's married to Rebecca. They have three more kids. Got like 150 okay. grand in various compensations. Uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of compensations. Um, you know, a lot of stuffs going on. You know, something else I, I did not mention um, that I probably should have. Um, something interesting about Mark Winger is he is the brother of the actress Deborah Winger. I'm not familiar with. Um, well, she's she been in a lot of films. She was in um, Urban Cowboy. Mm-mm. She was in the show The Ranch with Ashton Kutcher. Nope. On Netflix, she was in um, Terms of Endearment and An Officer and a Gentleman. Seeing an Officer and a Gentleman. There you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's this is a you know a, a, she's fairly established then. Yeah, very well established. Now, now um, I, I feel like at this point in the mid to late nineties, she's not as big as she was obviously in the eighties. <laughs> and then uh, just recently she had that resurgence with the, the ranch, but uh, I didn't hear a lot from her in those years. I'm not saying that she wasn't doing anything. If any big Deborah Winger fans out there, I apologize. I just, uh, what I know of Deborah Winger, right? I don't think that much was going on with her, but an interesting fact about Deborah Winger though, is that before she broke into acting, she studied criminology. Oh yeah. It's weird how that kind of, yeah. Works into this come full circle. But uh, that's just sort of a, a, a weird little coincidence. Uh, but it looks at Mark's wife is Mark's life. It's going pretty well. Yeah, seems like it. Um, but 1999, everything just goes all to hell. Okay. There is a, a lady, and I'm, I'm going to, to let her remain nameless um, because I've read at least one article where she said she preferred 
not to be mentioned. Okay. Though you can go listen to basically any other podcast on this and hear her name if you want to. Okay. So it is publicly available. It is publicly available. I just don't want to mention it because the one, you know, the big newspaper article was interviewed, didn't want to be mentioned by name. So whatever. Um, She comes forward and this woman uh, used to be Donna's best friend or one of her best friends. Right? She worked with Donna and she, um, she was good family friends with him. Uh, she had been having trouble with her marriage, and Mark was trying to help her and her husband work through the marriage. Okay. Um, well, she comes forward and tells police, uh, well, she gives them a lot of information. But the first little bit of information uh, is that when Donna died, she was having an affair with Mark Winger. Oh, this mm-hmm. was even before the nanny? Uh, this was yes, definitely before the nanny. Okay. This was before Donna ever died. Oh, okay. uh, when they adopted the child, they were having the affair. That's a red flag. Yeah, and she actually informed uh, police of uh, some of the things he said that were quite incriminating. He actually said to her at one point, "We could be together if Donna just died." Oh, um, if I if I didn't if I didn't know where this was going beforehand, I think I think it's pretty clear now. Yeah. Uh, later on, she gave an, a statement to to Bart attorneys, uh, saying that uh, the day before Donna's murder, Mark told her, "I've got to get that van driver in my house." And then um, on the day of the deaths, Mark actually called her at work and asked her, "Will you love me no matter what?" Okay. Um, Why would he do any of that? Why would he tell her these things? I, Did he want to get caught? Well, I mean, I, for one, I think he was in love with her, right? Uh, and and they, I mean, they continued their affair even after uh, Donna's death. Where it seems to me that it was very evident to her that that he had something to do with the death. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how long did it take her to come forward? Um, about three and a half years. This happened in the death happened in ninety five, and she came forward in ninety nine. This is after they broke up. Yeah, yeah, they had split up a while after that, but I. I'm not saying that she came for just because they split up. They've been broken up for a while. Actually, according to uh, the unnamed lady, uh, she had started to see a therapist about all the stuff that happened in her past. And um, I feel like she felt like, you know, she couldn't come forward with it. And she felt like some guilt about everything and thought maybe she was culpable in some way. Mm-hmm. But the therapist talked her into, you, you need to come forward with this. You need to go to police. And, and she did. Um, uh, now, let me look back where that I had mentioned that. Um, that he asked her if she would love him no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, after the murder, um, everyone was gathered at uh, at the the Winger house. The rabbi came over to see them, and uh, he took her aside privately and said, I-, "I think the police believe me. I did it for us." And 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 she said that he really kind of warned her not to tell police about this. Because, right. And he, was, I think, I feel like he kind of put it on her that she was culpable in some way, or she would be some sort of accessory, right? Right. Um, I mean, it seems like he would just been smarter to keep it to himself. You would think so, but again, I said I feel like he he was in love with this woman, um, and it was uh, so he was wanting to be with her or whatnot. Right? I mean, it seems to me that it is really rare that if you want to murder someone, that you get a setup that that good, right? Oh, I know. I mean, right? It's like it, it fell in his lap, a, right? She had a real documented stalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you get caught? Well, and it kind of comes clear is that like like this is why Mark would have had to write it all down, right? Yeah, and this is just you know right there for the police when they get there. Obviously, Mark um, not too bright. I, don't know I mean, I you mean. imagine how many like like wife murdering assholes are in prison right now? Like, if my wife only had a stalker, I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, like it, it gets worse with the stuff he pulls. So let's let's not uh, let's not judge him yet. Let's wait till the end to judge him okay. because there, there's okay. a lot of this. Um, let's keep going with the story first, though. Um, now, apparently, uh, Mark and the unnamed lady they didn't actually break up until apparently Mark had started this relationship a bit with Rebecca. It seemed okay. like uh, now I'm not positive with that. So I know he cheated on the woman that he confessed maybe. the murder to. Now Rebecca had started. Being a nanny, uh, she was a living nanny for um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he split up with this other woman, now I, I don't know if their relationship had started. Probably had, I don't know. I'm thinking this unnamed woman. She, maybe she got off easy, not getting murdered. Yeah, uh, you know, considering this. But um, like I said, she's come forward. She's told this to police. She's talked to barred attorneys, and um, at this point, the the police bring in a a new crime scene analyst. He's he's pretty well known. His name is Tom Bevel to investigate the case after the fact. Um, and you know, when he looks at it, it, it says that it's pretty clear to him this was a staged homicide. There there was none of Donna's blood on Harrington. You know, I didn't I didn't bother him to ask any of the forensic questions. Yeah, yeah there 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 wasn't. Well, you know, I, I didn't mention that earlier because I feel like it would have kind of given everything yeah, away yeah, if I okay, mentioned that fair, earlier. Fair. Uh other than just sort of the 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 weird little fact. But there, there was none of her blood on Harrington. Um Seems like that'd be difficult to pull off while bludgeoning someone with a hammer, not getting any of their blood on you. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, how Mark said that he shot him uh, from the front. Mm-hmm. Harrington actually shot in the back of the head. The way he was laying, uh, where the shell casings were, things like that just didn't line up, obviously, mm-hmm. with, with this story. Um, and, um, you know, the, the autopsy findings, stuff like that. They, they just didn't line up. There should have been a lot of cast off blood on Harrington, mm-hmm. obviously, if he was. Hitting her with a yeah. hammer. Uh, however, uh, there was some blood found on Mark's sleeve, a cast-off pattern, uh, some of Donna's blood. Now, So the only cast-off patterns we have from a bludgeoning are on Mark. Are on Mark, yes. Now, again, you have to expect some of her blood to be on Mark. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he was cradling his wife, you know, when she obviously yeah, didn't Yeah, but you don't expect her. it to be in that particular pattern. Though. No, you do not. You like do that, not. You expect it just to be soaked through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's a very particular blood spider. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, Watching of Dexter, I know this. Yeah, and, well, and um, the staircase. Fair enough. Yeah, murder, uh, or possible murder, right? There was a lot of cast. At, at this point, I guess we've read enough Henry Lee cases. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, we're we're practically experts. Henry Lee, he talks a lot about the cast off. At, at any rate, though, um, so now at this point. With our new evidence, this really is open and shut, I think. Yeah, yeah, just not in the same yeah. way we originally thought. Yeah. So, uh, in 02, May of 2002, uh, Mark was convicted of first-degree murder, given life without parole. Um, they've established that, obviously, Mark called Harrington, invited him over, then he shot Harrington and bludgeoned his wife to death with a hammer. I, I cannot imagine how terrible that was for Donna. Right. Yeah. Because let, let's look. Let's put ourselves in her shoes. Right. Mm-hmm. She's been been stalked and harassed by a crazy person. This has been going on for a week. She's insanely stressed about it. All of a sudden, this guy's coming over to her house for a meeting. I don't know if she knew about that or not. Okay. Uh, but either way, I'm sure she wouldn't have wanted him to to just come over and talk about stuff the way Mark invited him over. He gets there. And then all of a sudden, Mark shoots this man, and then is beating her loving husband, who she thought was her loving husband, is beating her to death with a hammer. Before she can even figure out 
what the hell's going on yeah. with him killing a perfect stranger? She's getting beat with a hammer. Yeah. So, you know, I think this ties in well. What do we think exactly happened? Well, well the, the, this is what I'm saying. The um, the the investigators put the case together that, as I said, he called. So um, they are going with it. They, yeah, he, he called him to over. invite him over to discuss what's going on, say, maybe I can call, get your job back. Okay. With so he used his job as a lawyer. Yeah. So he, they make this appointment for 430. Okay. Gives him the address. Harrington comes over. That's why he brings in his cigarettes and his coffee. Puts them down on the table. He tends to stay. He comes in to talk to Mark, right? You know, and then he thinks, you know, I'm going to drink my coffee, maybe smoke a cigarette because this is going to be a, you know, a long meeting. I've got some apologizing to do. Whatever. Um. So Mark shoots the man in the head. And then, you know, we don't know that Donna was in the room, but likely she wasn't even there in the room. She was somewhere else, right? Shoots her in the head. Donna comes running. She hears a gunshot, at which point. Her husband beat her to death with a hammer. Oh, horrific. Terrible. Terrible. I mean, like, this This is, this guy, my God. And this is when he makes the, uh, what we now know was a stage. Yeah, the stage 911 call. And then hangs up in the middle of it. I think because Harrington wasn't dead. Uh, he actually told police that he shot Harrington in the head and then hit him with the hammer in the chest. Well, so maybe he, like, beat him with the hammer some, like, after he got off the phone. But why in the chest? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he thought it would look sort of like a defensive wound like or something like, like gunshot that. Gunshot to the head didn't do it. Why would I hammer to the chest? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want him to shoot him again. I mean, he's he's trying to he's got to think about how this is going to look, right? Right. right yeah. You know. So um, I, I don't know. Look, just crazy stuff, right? Um, but whatever. Let's keep going with this. Um, but yeah, Mark Winger, incredible piece of shit. And, and mm-hmm. this is going to sound terrible, what I'm about to say, but I mean, like, if you really ever loved your wife, how can you, like, beat her to death with a hammer? Well, I, I don't think you could do that to anyone you cared about. Not exactly. And, 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 and I'm putting myself like, in if the... If you cared about anyone at all, you probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, well, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to put myself in the, the mind of this psychopath, right? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you ever actually love this one, how do you do that to her, right? Obviously, you married her at some point. You loved her at some point. At any rate, he was convicted uh, first degree murder, life without parole. End of story, right? End of the, it's over. He's in jail. It's not over. It is not over yet. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, because in 2006, Mark approaches another prisoner and he tries to get that prisoner to arrange two murders for him on the outside. I'm sure this went well. <laughs> Yeah. So one murder he wants this guy to arrange is that of his former girlfriend that testified against him. The one that's remaining nameless for our purposes. Right. Right. And we can see why. I mean, he's mad at her for, yeah, for probably, testifying. Probably I, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? But but in his head, he's angry at Do her. Do we know how this. much he offered him for this? Uh, well, sort of. Yeah. So let's 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 get to the second murder because that's how this ties in. All right. The brilliant plan here. Um the second uh murder he wanted him to commit was a man named Jeffrey Gelman. Now Gelman was a friend of Winger's uh since childhood. And he was angry at Gelman because uh Gelman had refused to post a million dollars bail for Mark. Oh, what a terrible friend. Yeah. But beyond being angry with him for that, uh, he wanted this man to kidnap Gelman, ransom him. And he'd use that. Then kill Gelman, use the ransom money to pay for both murders, 
So he was basically trying to put a murder and a kidnapping on layaway? Yes. Yeah, he put it on credit. And I'm sure that worked um, out very well for him. Yeah, well, obviously. With all those trustworthy people in prison. Obviously, this guy goes straight to the guards. Oh, yeah, like his first stop yeah, afterwards. Because, I, like, <laughs> this guy's crazy enough to try to get you to arrange a kidnapping to fund two murders it's not gonna. No one's gonna do this, oh, right? No, yeah, I no. mean, no, no, I mean, not not a not a not anyone that's experienced at any rate, right? Like you're maybe maybe a meth head that really <laughs> needs some cash. You know, you would want to do it <laughs> exactly, it's right? Do this. Yeah, um, like whoever does this is gonna get caught. You don't want in the middle of this. Maybe I can get some extra funds for the commissary if I go turn this guy in. Like, it reminds me of that uh, Nate Bargatze joke where he says his business card says. Yeah, I could probably do that. <laughs> How hard could it be? I love him, actually. That's uh, hilarious. But yeah, so yeah, the guy turns him right in. And uh, then in 2007, Winger is convicted of solicitation of murder, and he had another 35 years at under sentence. Man, he's a real genius. He had, look, I don't mean any disrespect to Deborah. Was it Deborah? Uh, no, Deborah's Deborah was his sister. His Donna, Donna was his wife. Any yeah. disrespect to Donna, this is obviously a tragedy. But can we just talk about how dumb this man is? He had effectively the perfect scenario put in his lap if you wanted to get away with murder. Mm -hmm. A legitimate, documented stalker Mm -hmm. with a history of mental health problems. Yes. Basically, every red flag you could think of. Mm -hmm. The case was even closed. Mm Mm-hmm. And he still managed to get caught. Well, he made two major mistakes. One, he told his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And two, he oh, sued somebody. Whom he later cheated on. He, yes, whom he later cheated on. Two, he sued somebody mm-hmm. uh, over the over the you know, negligence causing death. Uh, in which case, like, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, belittle the cops in this situation. But you know, like, this insurance, or excuse me, not insurance, the, the transportation company's lawyers are going to look into this a lot more than the cops did because they've got a lot of money on mm-hmm. here, right? Um, I, I do want to say, though, um, Detective Williamson, as we said, he always had reservations about this. Uh, but Detective Cox, who felt that it was open and shut, I, I do want to say that he has been extremely apologetic after the truth came out, he um, he has apologized profusely to Donna's family and to Roger Harriman's family. That's um, great, though. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I don't. I'm not gonna hold this guy accountable. No, I, no, I mean, no, no. I just, I just want to say that the he, circumstantial evidence yeah. at hand, it wasn't an unreasonable conclusion. No, I just want to say that you know, you know how a lot of times in these situations, the cops are like, right. "I still think, he, I still think he did it." Right? Yeah, even you know, when it's yeah. Like, when there's overwhelming evidence. Yeah, no, this guy actually has been very public in his uh, admission that he was wrong. He should have looked in this more. It's like the uh, yeah. West Memphis Three prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, that's a. That's a I don't know if he's still alive, but. I don't remember. For ages, yeah. he claimed that they were still guilty. Well, West Memphis Three, that's a. Uh... That's another case. case probably for another day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That's uh That one, um. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a lot of trouble with that one because of all the like what the terrible thing that happened to the kids. I because you know you guys know that I like I've had trouble with some of the ones we've covered, but that one gets so graphic as what happened. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if I can handle that one. Maybe I'll do uh, it then. No, maybe maybe so, maybe so. Um, but at any rate, this does wrap up the story of of the murder of Donna Winger and. Um, and you just think about the tragedy, you know, like like what the the little girl went through, what Bailey went through. Um, 
you know, even even Mark's other three kids with Rebecca, like Rebecca didn't know this about him. You know, she was just his nanny that that got kind of drug into this. She had no idea. Yeah, of um, course. You know, so just I just mean, the other woman, I have less sympathy for her. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously, I I do. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that I feel like Mark maybe talked her into the fact that she was somehow guilty of this as well, and she couldn't come forward with it. But she did know that she was at least guilty to a lesser degree, even if she believed she was guilty. Yeah, surely, surely, right? Even if you think you might get in trouble, if you know that your boyfriend murdered someone, Mm -hmm. his ex-wife, maybe you go to the cops. I, I would think so. You know, and I think what just she should... A, just a quick PSA. The the red flag should have been, will this not happen to me? Right? right. Like, that's what you yeah. should be thinking in this kind of situation. Don't ever let a murderer tell any of you that you're sort of at fault yeah. for the murder they committed. No, because you could be next. And likely would be if things yeah. had... I can't, honestly can't believe she made it through it. Yeah. Really, yeah. honestly. I mean, he later tried to kill her. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, I know. Later on, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I can't believe, honestly, like, like I can't believe he didn't try to cover his tracks and, and have her killed. I mean, I say that she was almost killed. I mean, it was a it was a harebrained scheme at best. Yeah, that that plan never left the the prison. Uh, not until it went to the media, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that pretty much wraps up this case. Um, we do want to say thank you for listening slash watching. Fact and suspicion. Whichever you do. Yeah. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this particular episode. If you like our content, we'd love it if you'd like, subscribe, um, leave a comment. Depending on, you know, the the format you're viewing, listening to us in. Um, but the the most thing you could do for us is tell somebody about yes, our please. show. You know, that that's that's great for us. Um, the more eyes we get the on word. the show, yeah. the, the better. Definitely, definitely. Uh, we do have some plans for some sort of different content I mean, like, coming okay, up. So the absolute best thing you could do is like send us a million bucks. Right. But outside and, of that. And right? like and subscribe and leave a positive comment and tell a bunch of people. Let's, let's not get greedy, Dan. They could possibly take out a billboard for us. Mm-hmm. That Times Square. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, we're getting ridiculous now. Uh, but we do want to say we've got some um, ideas for some sort of different content coming up. We'll kind of shake things up and maybe be Within pretty interesting. Within the same interesting. thing. Right? Yeah, definitely. But we just uh, we just got some new ideas. I mean, we're not going to be like doing unboxing videos next week. No. Week. Or no. makeup. Hmm. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Less the money was really good. <laughs> but again, thank you for watching, guys. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon. Certainly, probably no makeup videos. <laughs>